Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am honored to be joined by Mary Lowe with Backerkit. Mary Lowe, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Roy. So you are part of the creator outreach team um, dealing with all of these thousands and thousands of creators that are putting together crowdfunding campaigns, Kickstarters, Indiegogos. You've worked with thousands of makers and creators across all these different industries to help bring these projects to life. So if you would give our audience a little bit of your background and then kind of a brief description of Backerkit as well. So basically, I work for Backerkit, which is built on the backbone of Kickstarter Indiegogo. Um, and we work with projects that have successfully funded. Basically, where we step in is post-campaign, once they've received their funds, um, they have this like really enthusiastic community of backers that want these products. And in the process, a lot of things come up, like people move or people change addresses, they get new credit cards, stuff like that. We basically like handle all of that type of stuff and fulfillment details. But it's like really interesting. So each project we work with has an extremely unique timeline. And I guess the delivery for in terms of they have all very unique timelines for like delivering their products. So um it's kind of crazy and our software is very unique and customizable to each project. So like every project we work with has a very different process of working with us, which is really cool. And we do very a lot of different things depending on the project, <laughs> which is crazy. But yeah. Absolutely. So I know Backerkit in its early years um, with Max and Rosanna, you know, in terms of the platform itself, can you talk a little bit about how Backerkit has evolved over the years to help, you know, spurn on creativity and communication efforts for campaigns that are finishing up? Yeah. So I actually have been asking this to a lot of my coworkers recently because we've been around for about three years and like we have gone through a ton of changes. I mean, our team has expanded. When I started, we were at 17 people. Now we're about at, at around 40, which is just insane. Um, and when I've asked people this question, they've all told me, make creativity happen um, and make things happen. So yeah, I think that our software has just gotten... So we're built on the backbone of like creators having issues and then like wanting solutions. So every bit of our software is built with the mindset that like we're going to be helping these people do more things and do them faster. So each thing that we built has really been had there are the creators in mind, which is really cool. We don't build anything that's like frivolous. It's all 100% useful. And we build it fast too, which is really cool. But 
yeah, since I started here, we've had like six new features roll out and it's been really, really cool to be able to talk about them. Yeah. So what would be the top three things that Backerkit can do to help project creators? Mm, round about, generally speaking, um, it saves the creator time It so they can keep creating. That's you know generally what I like to talk about. But also, we help creators raise more funds. So we've developed this term called add-ons. Basically, it's when your campaign has ended and your backers are asking for more of the product. But when your campaign ends on Kickstarter, there's no longer the option for your backers to be getting more things. So our survey has been built so that when your backers are going through it, they can actually like add more products to their survey, which is really, really cool. I like to say that your campaign lives beyond the Kickstarter, which is extremely important to me. The idea that you can still keep doing things and you're still producing things is super important. But in, like all in all, it just saves you time. So how do you guys... the best. Yeah, no, absolutely. We all need a little bit more time left in our life. And of course, all these project creators need it as well. Um, yeah. Since they're dealing with the flurry of questions and everything that's coming in. How do you guys compete then with, you know, in terms of comparing, let's say, when a Kickstarter campaign goes over to Indiegogo and goes in demand rather than goes to Backerkit and goes, you know, and launches there and allows backers to then do these add-ons or upsells, if you will? Yeah, so very complicated question. But I think that Backerkit, the, the one of the coolest parts about Backerkit is it gives you a bird's eye view of where everything's going, who's backing it, stuff like that. So the more complex what you're sending out is, the more important like we are because we organize your data. If you have a, an expensive product, you don't want it to get lost in the mail. Uh, and we make sure it, it like doesn't. Also, you know, we give you very complex data that you can, I guess, for your next campaign, you can think like smarter about what type of things you're selling, where they're going. If you're shipping, you can figure out your shipping logistics. But I guess Indiegogo doesn't have a out of bandwidth surveying functionality. So we give you that. So if you're giving away shirts, you need to collect backer sizes, color options, stuff like that. We actually give you a space to do that. We also, I mean, if you're talking about Indiegogo and demand, we also have one, another part of our software is we give backers the option to have a pre-order, or excuse me, project creators the option to have a pre-order store. So this is just like a store hosted on our website where they can sell more of their products. So if they choose not to go to in-demand, they can actually sell their products on our website. And I think a lot of creators are comforted in that because, again, we're dealing with their logistics. So that's just, you know, another time saver. So. Absolutely. And plus, they don't have to set up an e-commerce store and understand mm -hmm. all the payment processing issues that they may run into. So you guys have yeah. streamlined that entire process post crowdfunding, which is awesome to see. Yeah. I, also, another thing that I like to say is we give you the option to have a PayPal link, which is really awesome because... You know, a lot of people don't have Stripe. So we give the back, like you can get, you know, any country, no matter like where it is in the world, they could still be getting your product. So I think that that's super important. It's more inclusive. And I think that's great. So. So talk to me, you know, we talked about the project creators, but, you know, on the back end, the flip side is the, the project backers. How does Backerkit mm -hmm. really help the project backers with the campaign once it concludes? Uh, one, so we've been around for a while. Um, so we built up good street cred. Uh, so one thing we do is we just comfort them that they have good logistics on their end. So that's one thing. 
Another thing that we do that I think is extremely unique is we offer there's actually backer support here. So we have a support team, a full like in-house support team that actually handles all your backers inquiries. So I think that a big thing that creators forget is that after the campaign, all of these people are going to have demands and questions and they're going to want answers really, really fast. And if you don't give them those answers, they're going to get a little frustrated. Um, so we have a team that really steps in and answers all those questions. But also we, in the process of setting up a project with us, um, you're actually paired with a success manager. That's the terminology we use here. And this is someone that holds your hand through the setup of surveying and all that fun stuff. And if that's done correctly, uh, I find that your backers have less questions. So post-campaign support-wise, I find that your backers are going to be a lot happier. Yeah. So that all that, I keep on saying fun stuff, but it is fun if you do it correctly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Take the headache out of the, out of the way. And obviously, we've exactly. been dealing with thousands of campaigns over the last six or seven years now. So you know, we, we've both felt similar pain points for our clients. Yeah. So let's talk about the the creators and when they should begin engaging BackerKit. You know, when when is it best for them to sign up or at least have a conversation? Is it well before they launch? You know, after they're done funding in the middle of their campaign? When do you guys seek out these you know potential customers for your platform? And when is it best for them to reach out to you? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say is that our door is always open and my door is always open. It doesn't matter where you're at in your campaign. I still want to listen to you. Even if you don't want to use our software, I still want to hear why and understand the pain points you had during your campaign. But I think that one of the strengths or what I learned to be very helpful in my job here is I keep, I always stress the idea of timelines and understanding each creator's timelines because they're all extremely unique. So I think each different creator probably has a different needs to engage with us at a different time. I hate to say that, but it's kind of what it is. A lot of times I have campaigns reach out to me pre-campaign and they want to understand because I think that we can give them an introduction to the process of Kickstarter. Because if you're new to it, it's very scary. And we've worked with so many people that I find that that's really great. But in general, we actually work with campaigns that are funded. So typically that's when we get most of our projects reaching out or when they've hit like their milestone. And sometimes that's the first day of the campaign. Sometimes that's 30 days down the line. So, and then I'll, sometimes I get a project that reaches out to me about a year after they funded and they're actually fulfilling their product because sometimes the product, the, the whatever they're creating goes into production. That happens a lot of video games or just a product that's being prototyped. So they don't actually need us right away. They need us two years down the line. And so I would just say, I guess it really depends on the person, but we're always here to listen and we're, accommodating to anybody's circumstances. So Absolutely. So even on the logistics side, I know shipping costs and logistics there can certainly be complicated for many first-time crowdfunding creators and, you know, even uh, experienced startups. You know, what would be your best tip and how do you guys help with the shipping side of things for project creators? Yeah. Again, we've helped thousands of projects ship, each with different ideas in mind. But a general rule of thumb with shipping and also just with projects and a mindset is just to be really transparent with your backers. This means that if you are planning on charging shipping after the campaign, you tell your backers that because they're not going to be happy to get requests like to get, you know, someone to say, we need 20 extra bucks to ship your product to this area. 
So that's definitely one thing I would say. But beyond that, um, we have a really cool USPS discounted postage, which PCs based in the US take advantage of. And um, this is typically for a smaller project that wants to ship themselves. We offer a discounted postage there. And also we are able to group together where all of your products are going or your game pieces or whatever it may be. So that makes that a lot easier. So again, you know where it's important, you know, when you have thousands, when you're dealing with thousands of backers, that you understand where everything's going. Because if it gets lost, not only do you lose money, but you have unhappy backers that are really eager to get their products. So that's one thing. We also have, uh, an, we have integrations with uh, fulfillment centers. So if you're planning on using a fulfillment center, we actually have integrations there. So you can directly push all of your backers' information through our software to them. These project creators that don't use us kind of will get stuck in a limbo of an Excel spreadsheet land where they're constantly updating backers' information into like a spreadsheet that the fulfillment center asks for. And it's super specific and it's really hard to do. Um, we basically do that for you. So <laughs> when you're looking at 100 to 5,000 people, it becomes really important to have a system doing that for you because it saves you time. Also, it's really difficult. I can't imagine doing it myself. So uh, I always talk about that as something really exciting and important. Absolutely. Yeah, it can be overwhelming, you know, with the entrepreneurs and startups that we've worked with over the years that, you know, there's a lot of pain points and, you know, understanding because this is their first time going into this. And there's so many different pieces that need to connect in order to do not only just the manufacturing and the fulfillment correctly, but all of the other things that come into actually starting their business for the first time. And, you know, back sure. has always been a, a key point, you know, that we always recommend for our clients. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, every day I learn something new here, but I think that, you know, here's randomly shipping in Australia is really difficult because the postal codes and even just having someone here that ships something to Australia, I think that that peace of mind is carries you a long way. So you have our experience on your backs too, which is awesome. But I definitely agree with you there. Absolutely. So what would be your number one piece of advice for someone thinking about launching a crowdfunding project? Doing it. <laughs> I think that a lot of people have ideas, but the first step is to actually do it and not be embarrassed by your first version of it. Uh, but I also think simple, you know, I'm a full believer in a very simplistic campaign your first time around. So yeah, a simple campaign, very simple pledge levels, making sure you're very transparent about what they're getting, what's in each package, when you're going to be shipping that timeline. And if you re have funded and you're going to be delivering whatever you're delivering and something happens along the way, like uh, say a freight train drops five boxes of something and that means that you can't actually deliver all those things to your backers, just telling your backers that, um, giving them that peace of mind. I think it's really... I get very nervous when I don't see updates. I love it when creators are always posting updates, even if they're silly. And they're like, hey, here's a picture of us as a team. I think that that's a lot. So just communication because the community that you will build with your campaign is just unbelievable. And you got to keep that. You got to keep that going. So... Absolutely. All right, Mary Lowe, this gets us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Are you good oh. to go? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So what inspired you to work with entrepreneurs? I love creativity. What is your favorite crowdfunding project of all time? Deep Madness by Dimension Games. 
If you could have a glass of wine with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe Adam Poots. Interesting. What would be your first question? How was the weather today? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, who did you look up to when you were growing up? I loved Celine Dion. <laughs> uh, any book you would recommend to our audience? I would read anything and everything. Last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it's more inclusive. It's already inclusive, but I think it's going to spread to more areas of the world and it's going to be more generally accepted as a really exciting thing. So that's my hope for it. Absolutely. And mine as well. Mary Lowe, this has been awesome. Please give our audience the pitch about BackerKit. Tell them where they should go and why they should go use their service. Yes. So simplistic. I mean, the easiest thing you could do is just go to our website, um, www.backerkit.com, which I'm sure there will be a link in this uh, podcast. But um, if you have any questions, I'd say email me. My email is greetings at backerkit.com. That's G-R-E-E-T-I-N-G-S at backerkit.com. Any types of question, if you're thinking about launching a campaign or you've already launched a campaign or you just want to talk to me about what I've said, I'm always yours and I'd love to communicate with you. But really, if you want to, you know, if you want to keep creating, come to us because we'll make creativity happen. I think that's the coolest part about BackerKit. I agree. Well, Mary Lowe, you've been awesome. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, a full transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, BackerKit and The Gadget Flow. <laughs> Mary Lowe, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Roy. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week. 